And welcome to this episode of Avoiding Chores. We're going to be focusing on Garmin question and answers. These are questions posted on the hundreds of videos I've posted over the years about Garmin GPS and like to give you some answers so you can know what to do. All right, so before we get started here, just to let you know if you're listening to this in the first week of December or after December 1st, I've posted a video on the YouTube channel where I recommend some handheld options for outdoor recreation and satellite communication. You can go and check that out. I kind of do a compare of the latest model of refreshes that Garmin has produced for handhelds. And if you're considering inReach or not, I have, uh, of course, using the Zolio. So I mentioned a little bit about that. Has been getting some pretty good uh, comments so far. But let's start with our Q&A questions and answers. And um, before we get started with that, just to let you know that the current inventory of GPS's devices I have here in the house is the following. I have the HR Vivo Move. I have the Vivo Active 4. Of course, I have an Apple Watch, but we're not going to consider that here for, for this segment. For handhelds, we got the Etrex 22X, uh, GPS Map 66 ST, and the Montana 700. So plenty of content here. Lots of questions. So let's start with the Vivo Active 3. This was a question on the how to adjust uh, your heart rate settings video. So um, one user here commented that you can't pair the heart rate strip. So two things. One, you got to make sure that, that your heart rate strap is Ant Plus compatible. Now there's a lot of Bluetooth compatible heart rate straps that you'll find from Polar or Wahoo and a few others. Those are really meant to be paired with your smartphone or treadmill, Peloton or whatever whatever you got there. For Garmin devices, handhelds, or smartwatches, you gotta have the Ant Plus. It also helps uh, if you're kinda like not around anything that's paired. So if you have anything else that kinda pairs to your smartwatch, such as headphones, Bluetooth headphones, that kind of stuff, turn that stuff off. And also, you gotta put on the heart rate strap. So uh, because you kind of want it in kind of working. So put it on around your chest, uh, wait a couple of minutes for it to get going, and then start the pairing. If that doesn't work, take the battery out of the strap, put it back on, but you should be able to do it to heart rate straps, especially the Ant Plus, especially the Garmin ones. They work pretty good. I've never had one that failed on me. All right, the next question here is from my handheld options for outdoor recreation video, which I posted last week. Question here is, uh, what's the difference between the GPS Map 66 ST and the Montana 680T? So the 680T Montana is an older device. It's at least five years old. It was the last version of Montana before the 700 series came out in the fall of 2020. So in terms of uh, differences, both of them should have a topo map, the same topo map product on it, unless they've changed something for the 66ST. So you should have map preloaded. Um, you won't have the same internal capacity for memory, waypoints, routes, and tracks than on the 66ST, but still quite a bit. 
the screen is probably not as crisp as on the 66. And it also, I believe, has the one-year-old bird's eye satellite imagery subscription. Now they've changed it to like, I think they call it bird's eye direct on the 66, where you can actually download those satellite images directly onto the device. Same thing on the Montana 700, but you can't transfer it to your base camp. So that's one caveat there, but you can download satellite images via Wi-Fi on the 66 ST. So uh, let's see here. Uh, the 680T Montana does not have the Wi-Fi or the Bluetooth, uh, but it does have the Ant Plus. Here's the thing here is that the 66ST is fairly expensive. However, uh, Black Friday sales, and I believe quite a few people uh, did this, they took advantage of some Black Friday sales either at Cabela's or Bass Pro. And uh, if you can get it uh, under, you know, 350 give or take, uh, it's, it's, a pretty good, it's a pretty good device to get going there. It will do a lot. It's just that, you know, it's pretty much an offline device, sort of like the other uh, older ones. But, I mean, it, it's really hard to say no to that. And also, I believe the 680T still has that carabiner clip attachment behind it. I think, I'm not 100%, but I believe it does have the carabiner clip attachment. So at least you can mount it or have that carabiner clip on it as opposed to the 700 series, which you can't but the 660 can. So it's a uh, give and take, you know, take a really good look at the specs between the 66 series and the 680. And that's one of the things you got to be careful uh, when you're looking at some of these older models and just the fact that they're old, right? So probably not as fast. Uh, the screen probably not as good. But if this is your first GPS and you're looking at budgets, I mean, you can get... It's very easy to pay the $300 or under $400 for a five-year-old Montana as opposed to a five-year-old E-Trex 20, for example. So, you know, give or take what you want to do. All right, next question is on the Garmin Instinct, how to collect GPS field data. This is a great video that I did where I showed how you can use a smartwatch or a wearable Garmin device and how you can do GPS field data collection. Now, uh, of course, I've used the Instinct in this video. You can also use the Phoenix. However, the Forerunner series and the Vivo Actives, they're not quite meant for uh, field data collection because a lot of the functions are just not there. And when I talk about field data collections, I talk about collecting a waypoint. I talk about collecting data so you can do a straight line, and collecting data that you can calculate a polygon or an area. So uh, one question here, does this work with the Instinct Solar? Doesn't see the settings in the list. So these are all basic functions that you'll find on the Instinct and a lot on the handhelds. So they're there by default. If you're using the, the smartwatch like Phoenix or an Instinct, as you scroll through the list of activities, there are a couple of ways that you can find it. So uh, when you typically scroll down the list of activities or use the up down button on Instinct, Phoenix, Vivo Active, you go through either activities. Once you get at the bottom of your favorite activities, you might see additional functions appear such as saving a waypoint, 
going to navigation settings or compass settings, some other stuff like that. If not, you can also add it manually. So if you don't see stuff easily, such as taking a waypoint, projecting waypoints, calculating an area, just access your menu to navigation. And from there, you should be able to find all those functions that I mentioned. All right, next question is also on the Garmin Instinct. I think this was a very popular uh, purchase over the Black Friday holiday season a couple weeks ago because uh, the Instinct views and questions kind of increased. Uh, this one's on the Project Waypoint and Navigation on the Instinct. So the question was from Nathan, if I'm out and use a map and compass to find a grid I want to go to on the map, can I input the 6x8 figure grid into the watch and will it direct me to said grid I'm looking for? Now, this is in the context of the project waypoint. So the project waypoint, again, you'll find this function on Phoenix and on the handhelds. It The, the way that this function works is that you are at a, either at a current location or let's say at a waypoint or you, you navigate to a waypoint. So you're at a spot and you're using projection. So projection means that you then navigate based on a bearing and based on the distance. So let's say you're following a trail and the directions is walk the trail until you reach this spot, right? You may have a trail sign, may not, maybe at a crossroads, who knows, right? So you're just walking down this wooded trail and all of a sudden you have to stop. And then the directions are then proceed 200 meters at 232 degrees. And then from there you should find the portage, the another trail, the campsite, whatever it is, the tra trailhead, another trailhead, whatever, the relic, ar archaeological finds. So that's where you Im input the point so that you navigate doing the last little manual navigation. So what he's asking here is that when you're looking on a map, so first thing you want to do is, of course, look at the watch. Let the watch tell you where you are, and then you just plot that point on a map. Now, if we're using that type of scenario, we want to use a topo map. We also want to use a topo map with UTM coordinates, grid coordinates. We'll see that in military, search and rescue, uh, forestry, all that kind of stuff. That also means that you need to switch the input formats on your GPS so that it's dialed into the right format that it's on the map. Right, so two things gotta do. You gotta change the coordinate format. So the lat long or the Google Map GPS coordinates that you might see, where it looks like as a two digits dot whole bunch of other digits. We're gonna be using UTM, which is uh, up to eight digits, and each of them represents, I believe, a uh, hundred meter intervals. So first thing you need to do is change the position format. It's kind of like a phone number, right? North America phone numbers look different than European phone numbers, but they do the same thing. You dial it, somebody picks up the phone. Same deal here. So you got to change the position format. And also, if you're going to look up your position on a map, you may want to look at what the datum is on the map. So a lot of topo maps that use UTM use NAD83, and that's just the mathematical sphere that they use to figure out the coordinates. So that is very important to know what that is because 
usual consumers will use the WGS84. Uh, same thing in Google Maps. So when you're doing geocaching, looking things up at Google Maps and you're inputting GPS coordinates, uh, 45.1234 minus 63.1234. In all those three situations, they'll bring it to the same spot. However, if you're trying to input a UTM number, which is 12345678 by 12345678, that won't bring you to the right spot unless you change the math or the, 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 the spheroid to the NAT83. It can bring you severely off track. So if it doesn't fit, don't navigate. So basically, answer is yes. So you can input a UTM coordinate format and then you can navigate from that. So in his scenario here, he has a little bit different. So one, you can input where you, you can input on the map based on what your watch is saying in the right format, right? And then you can see yourself where you are in the map. And let's say you need to get to another position. So let's say on the map, you need to go to a point and that could be a kilometer, two kilometers away, or you're doing a paddling, you need to get to this specific portage you see this position where you need to get to and you're able to determine the coordinates using the, you know, in the shed, up the up the door, up, you know, the norther, the northing and the easting coordinates reading. Once you figure that out, then you can just create a waypoint with those coordinates and then start navigating directly to that point. Instead of doing a project to projecting waypoint where it's just a different application so if you're doing map reading basically once you figure it out where you want to go get those coordinates and then input it and then just do a straight navigate to that way easier all right next question this is the last one on the garmin instinct for this episode here and this is from the how to navigate to a saved waypoint video so question here is uh, how many gps points named just as data in hour of acquisition it's possible to rename the points with the name of the place in case you want to do it by watch or need to modify from PC. Thanks in advance. Okay, so you may have noticed when you are using your wearable GPS device, Instinct, Phoenix, uh, Vivo Active, you can save a waypoint, which is a your current position. By default, it will obviously save the coordinates. It will also save the date and time and then that you took that measurement. And usually it will just put in a generic name, name one, name two, name three, et cetera, et cetera. Now uh, on the Phoenix and on the Instinct, I believe you can do a renaming. You can't do that on the Vivo Active 4, but you can rename. It's quite cumbersome and takes you a while to do it so usually what I do is uh, this sounds old school but if you're doing in the woods and you're doing actually legit waypointing or collecting data um, I would carry a writing rain notepad and I would just have my lookup table so name one is the trailhead uh, and then as I go I just save waypoints and then I would be like okay I took this at 10 o'clock because automatically is by 10 o'clock okay yes i was right here yes that is the that is the picnic table along the site and then i keep going down the list oh this is the art archaeological find or there's the interesting 
uh, interesting feature that I want to note. And you may want to write some extra notes so that when you get back to your computer or iPad or whatever you use to collate all the data, you can have your notepad to quickly look up to say, oh, yeah, okay, this is note one. Let me, I want to actually save this. I want to categorize it, give it a different icon, fill in the notes, or fill in whatever else you need to do. So this 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 falls into the, the bigger conversation as to collecting field data. But I mean, sometimes, sometimes you can do stuff on the watch. Other times, eh, it's a pain in the butt. Now, uh, with the smartphone apps, uh, with the Instinct, you can sync with Garmin Explore, and I believe you can do it uh, in Garmin Explore, but it's always easier uh, if you're doing just doing day trips. Once you get back, just do a review that way, and then you can edit. So for me, if I was going out hiking the trail uh, with uh, one of my GPSs, I would just sync it with Explore if it's a compatible and then I would just bring it into Gaia GPS. And then as I review Gaia GPS, because I'll be using my smartphone, taking photos, bring photos in, then I can either uh, edit the, those waypoints or those geotag photos accordingly. All right, here's the last question here. And this is about, this is a generalized question because I got two within the last couple of weeks. Why couldn't you use a phone to do your outdoor activity or record waypoints? Well, the big problem here with phone is that my phone is my personal computer. I protect it very much, right? I don't want to have it in my hand. You're doing outdoor activities. You're doing paddling. You're doing biking. Last thing I want is that phone to either pop out of my hand, pop out of my um, uh, mount, or drop it, right? Uh, I think we've all heard the shrieks of terror when the phone uh, falls down, especially when you're on a trail, especially out here, it's a lot of granite rocks. Uh, that sound of hitting a rock, it's not pleasant. And that's why I use handheld GPSs. It's rugged. It's meant to be dropped. It's meant to handle water resistance. It's meant to fall in the river. It's meant uh, to have the screen to be a little bit more resistant than your $1,000 smartphone. So I would not use it. I would protect it. Now, that's not to say that I don't use a smartphone with a GPS. I use that quite a lot. Take pictures, record, sync, all that other stuff. But for outdoor recreation, I will not use a, a smartphone as the primary device. I will always use either a handheld or a smartwatch based on the activity. And that's it for this week's episode of the Avoiding Chores podcast. I'm changing things up a bit. Each episode will be a focus on a specific topic. Today was Garmin Q&As. Another episode will be about outdoor recreation or about whatever avoiding chores is going on. I like to keep things separate. So pay attention to the title of the episodes and you'll see whether or not or what I will be talking about. If you have any comments, uh, make sure you either send me an email, reply to me on Twitter, slide into my DMs, go check out the latest content on avoidingchores.com or gps.trading.